quilting is only something that grandmothers do for their tiny grandkids, think again. Inmates on death row make quilts too, and they tell powerful stories. Hi, I'm Kevin Coughlin for MorristownGreen.com. Thanks for tuning in. Today's episode of the Morristown Green Podcast is brought to you by Morristown Medical Center, rated the number one hospital in New Jersey for the fourth year in a row by U.S. News & World Report, and by the Morris Museum, interpreting the past, discovering the future through art, sound, and motion. The social fabric and exhibit at the Morris Museum features dozens of intriguing works of African-American art. One that got our attention is a quilt by lifers from a Louisiana prison. We sat down at the museum with two people who know the backstory. One's a private eye, the other a champion of African-American art. So the Morris Town Green Podcast is here today at the Morris Museum for a really intriguing art exhibit. It's called The Social Fabric, Black Artistry in Fiber Arts, an exhibition in homage to Vicki Craig. And um, we're sitting in front of uh, an artwork called On a Move and On a Groove. And it's got a very interesting backstory which we'll tell you about in a moment. My guests today are Lauren Craig, the Executive Director of Art in the Atrium. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. And Maureen Kelleher. And Maureen Kelleher is uh, part of the Social Justice Collaboration Quilts Project. For starters, we'll say that this exhibit, which runs through October 24th, 2021, has over 60 uh, pieces of um, quilting and fiber art by African-American artists. And, you know, frankly, I never really thought that quilting was much more than sort of a a nice hobby. (laughs) But obviously, it's much, much more. Uh, Lauren, can you tell me a little bit about quilting and and why this exhibit? Yes, thank you for that question. Um, So I guess the last part of the title of this exhibit will tell you why. Uh, It is an homage to my mom, who passed away in 2019, who was the founder, the co-founder of Art in the Atrium, along with my dad, Charles Craig. And she was a quilter. She was a quilter artist who got back to her art after she um, retired as a teacher in the Mars School District. She taught at Thomas Jefferson School. And um, so it was great for me to see her and after her retiring, becoming artist again, because I never really saw her be an artist. She just was my mom being a teacher the whole time. So um, it was great to see her later in life really get back to her passions. And so people as a part of this exhibit can see her work. Um, So I am like forever indebted to the Mars Museum for displaying her work with such care and love and really having her work be a part of such a magnificent display. These really incredible fabric artists like Faith Ringgold, Michael Cummings. And so quilting is not just a hobby, it's actually a real incredibly important skill in art. So there's uh, an amazing variety uh, of artworks here. And and one that uh, really grabbed me was the one that we're sitting in front of right now. It's called On a Move and On a Groove. And the backstory of this quilt uh, is really incredible. So Maureen, first, can you, uh, and we'll have pictures of this on our, on our website, but 
for, uh, can you give us a quick description of this particular quilt, and then uh, tell me how it came to be? This quilt is called On a Move and On a Groove, and it's a light, it has a lighthearted spirit. The uh, contents of the quilt top are several different patches, each patch made by a different quilter, artist, contributor. And the theme was um, do some kind of representation of the treble clef to represent music and being on a groove, and then also share with the viewers through your fabric patch one of your favorite songs. And um, Let me stop you right there because... Yes. Uh, the artist that made this um, could not physically be here. Explain why. Correct. So I'm the director and co-founder of the Social Justice Collaboration Quilts Project, and the project is made up of men who are incarcerated. They're called inside quilters, and there are four of us outside quilters, and we all collaborate and make quilts quilt tops together. And, and, and they're in Louisiana? Most of the men are inside Louisiana State Penitentiary, also known as Angola Prison. We have some very famous political prisoners who are also involved. Uh, Leonard Peltier, he's in federal prison in Florida. For? Or I believe he's charged with murder, uh, an FBI altercation back in the early 70s. Uh, Mutulu Shakur, he's in prison in a federal medical institution today in Kentucky. And at the end of 2020, Jalil Muntakim also was incarcerated and he joined the project. But soon after he joined, he was released. So we now also have our first ever from inside quilter to outside quilter contributing artist. Oh, wow. Yes. This began as a hospice-related project, did it not? Yes, that's correct. I have um, a long-time pen pal relationship with my friend Kenya. Kenya is also the co-founder of the project. And in about 2014, we were talking on the phone. We can, you know, the men can call out. And we were just discussing everything under the sun, like we always did. But we had never mentioned quilts before. And I don't know what got us started, but I, th I think maybe he mentioned that he was a hospice volunteer with the hospice program inside the prison. And I said, oh, that's very interesting, a hospice program in the prison. And he said, oh, yes, and we make quilts to raise money for the hospice program. And so I it's hard to think of people that would be considered rough, tough, hardened criminals sitting there making quilts. Yes, it's, it's not an image that we usually have in our mind, but if you listen to what he says and uh, research and know a little bit about what's going on in the prison, there is a hospice program, and they do have a room where they make quilts, and they make the quilts in order to raise money for the, the men who are dying, for example, to, to bring mother in for a last visit with her son or to buy the dying man, um, you know, T-shirts or Vaseline or whatever he needs when he's dying because the prison doesn't provide anything extra for the men who are dying. So the volunteers taught themselves how to quilt. Wow. <laughs> and when I heard that, I was like, oh, my God, Kenya, 
Quilting hospice, prisoners, prison. This is too good to be true. Too good to be true in the, I can't believe, this combination of things. And so they're able to sell these on the outside to help support their hospice program? What they do is they make the quilts and they can sell them uh, twice a year at, the, at Angola Prison. There's the very famous Angola Rodeo. And the inmates participate in the rodeo. And the public is allowed to drive onto the prison grounds and go to the arena where they hold the rodeo. Alongside the rodeo is a long arts and crafts bazaar, so to speak. Bazaar, not bizarre, but bazaar. Mm -hmm. And the inmates are allowed to sell their crafts and their hobby shop products. So this quilt that's in front of us now, On a Move and On a Groove. Tell me what the name signifies. Well, the name is from one of the inside quilters, Zulu. His name is Zulu, and a lot of the, um, the inside quilters, they have African names. This man has chosen Zulu. He always signs off his letters, his snail mail letters, On a Move. We're On a Move, Maureen, and also email letters. And so we always joke when we talk on the phone, we're on a move, we're on a move. And so one day I thought, and maybe I talked about it with him, I said, you know, we've got to have a lighthearted quilt. Why don't we do something with the on a move? So that's where the title comes from. And then I asked him, I said, well, why do you say on a move? Where is that from for you? What's the meaning? And he said, oh, that's from the move family and the move organization and I, I'm in support of them. And so uh, I got that saying from them, and then me and Zulu talking and always saying, on a move, kind of joking, that became the title of the quilt. There are some inscriptions that are part of the quilt. I wonder if, uh, if Lauren, you might be able to read a little bit from one behind you. Yes. Oh, well, I see one from Zulu here. It says, my favorite song is by Michael Franti and Spearhead, album Stay Human, song Love Will Set Me Free. In that song, Franti and Spearhead are talking about doing hard time for someone else's crime. He says, seems like every day gets a little bit longer. Seems like yesterday I was a little bit stronger. But there ain't nothing I can do but hold my ground, try not to come unwound. Don't want to be let down, but it ain't easy. No, it ain't easy doing hard time for somebody else's crime. Wow. What do you think your mom would make of this exhibit and and this particular piece? Oh, my gosh. She would just be so tickled pink by this. When this quilt was submitted, right away the curator said, we have to have this in the show. Art in the Atrium has always been about both emerging and established artists. So these artists represent emerging artists that not only do they represent African-American art, but also social justice is really important, especially now more than ever. Um, And a lot of the quilts in this show, they don't scream it, but if you look at the inscriptions and you look at what they're trying to say, the work talks about social justice in very subtle ways. Some of, even some of Michael Cummings' work talks about the Tulsa race riots. Um, you can see the North Star and some of the other works. The um, messages really are threaded through the works, <laughs> so <laughs> literally and figuratively. I know that for about 25 years, you've had a show in the Morris County Administrative Building. Yes. And there has been a couple of times some controversy about 
political content. They, yes. had, they had courtrooms there, and so they didn't feel it was quite appropriate sometimes to have blatantly political or you know, social commentary That's types right. of works. Does this exhibit give you more of a chance to sort of, does it, does it give you a vehicle now here that you might not have in the county? It does. It really does. Um, so that is a beautiful thing. We do have much stricter parameters in that building, just based on where it is and um, the, the prosecutor's office is in that building. We And yes, we have had a history of just a few complaints, but um, we understand how that goes. And, you know, art is subjective. Some things that might be, you know, taken offensive to one person might be perfectly fine to another. But um, having a new home annually in the museum is a beautiful thing for that reason and many other reasons. I guess I should note that uh, assignment judge uh, Stuart Minkwitz uh, is a fan. He was here at a reception a few weeks ago. Yes, he was here for the opening reception and yes, he's definitely a big fan of the art nature and we're, we're a fan of his too. <laughs> Maureen, tell me how, uh, how did you get involved with this? I understand that uh, you do some art yourself. Yes and that uh, you also have uh, an investigative background. Yes. I lived in New Orleans for many, many years, and first I was an activist. I worked on the case of Gary Tyler. He was a political prisoner out of Destrehan, Louisiana, which is right near New Orleans. So I worked on his case as a volunteer activist, and through that work and being in the attorney's office and making color copies or printing or working on benefits, um, I, I was asked by a private investigator if I would like to work for him. And I said yes. I knew that offer came only once, and you couldn't go to school for it. And I knew he was very good. And so I said yes. That's a very particular line of work. Uh, yes. Did you uh, watch movies about investigators or no, crime shows? exactly or? the opposite. Uh, my, my new boss, Gary Eldridge, absolutely top-notch in the business. He took me under his wing. He literally just taught me everything, many conversations, ongoing, all the time. He, I went out with him one time on an interview just to see how it was done, and then he threw me out into the water, and it was sink or swim. So I took to it like a duck to water. It's all about talking to people and making people feel comfortable and asking very um, detailed questions and keep asking until you get the answer. Not necessarily the answer that you want, but the answer. And then late in life, about 42 years old, I started making art. I read James Baldwin's biography Mm -hmm. and something that... Baldwin wrote to one of his brothers about racism literally caused like a little storm in my head and previously I had never done art, didn't do art museums I would frequently tell people I hate art Really? (laughs) Yes Um, but I was so uh, stirred up by what Baldwin had said that um, I made a piece about it and so that started me into my Art making. So then I was, and I had been an activist, and then the art came in, and then I was working as an investigator, as still am, all during that time. So the three have come together, and then uh, because of my work with the activism and the investigation, I got to know prisoners at Angola Prison. And then Kenya was one of my first pen pals. 
And through my work, I got to meet many men inside. And then the day that Kenya and I actually touched on the topic of quilts at the same time, that started the quilting project. When we come back, we'll hear about convicted killers who didn't kill anyone. And now, news from Atlantic Health. Morristown Medical Center, named the number one hospital again in New Jersey for the fourth year in a row by U.S. News and World Report. Setting new standards of care with nationally recognized programs in cardiology and heart surgery, orthopedics, and gynecology, including maternity. Morristown Medical Center, part of Atlantic Health System. Visit AtlanticHealth.org slash Best Hospital. Welcome back. Just a quick reminder, you'll find links with more information from this episode in our program notes on MorristownGreen.com. We're talking with Maureen Kelleher and Lauren Craig about a quilt made by prison lifers. It's part of The Social Fabric, an exhibition at the Morris Museum. Could you read another inscription for us off the quilt? Sure. Uh, This is uh, a patch by Kenya, and his chosen song is, each, each quilter was asked to write about his or her favorite song and put that on the patch on the quilt. So Kenya's choice was, um, the name of the song is What Goes Up by Maze. And it reads, Do you know everything you do has a reaction in kind? What you give is what you get since the beginning of time. If you hurt someone, it's fair to say, sooner or later it's coming back your way. You can't play games without any risk. Better beware and remember this. What goes up must come down. Based on your work with inmates, uh, and these are inmates that are accused of really nasty crimes Correct. Uh, you know, against society, what have you learned about um, rehabilitation? I think society thinks that for some crimes, people just should be put away. They don't deserve to be among us anymore. Mm-hmm. What have you learned from your experience, and uh, what do you think the art has to say about that? Well, I've learned from working with the inside quilters that even though they're incarcerated and all of them have life sentences, and one inside quilter, Abu, he is on Tennessee death row, so he's on death row. Uh, What I've learned is they are still creative when they're locked up, They still want to express themselves. They are specifically, of course, the men inside the project. They're comfortable with needle and thread. Many of them do know how to quilt because they taught themselves. I don't don't know so much that the project is is a rehabilitation method for them. I think from what I gather from talking with them and emailing and receiving their art, I think it's just their way to stay creative and their way to express themselves. And because of the nature of the communication, the frequent communication that I have with them and they with each other, I think it's also a way for them to have um, a community of sorts and also to have an outside, a connection to the outside world beyond mom and dad and sister and brother in the beginning, I'm just a stranger, and my interest in them is, would you like to be creative with us? And that's the focus of our friendship, interaction, membership in this same project. And you've been able to 
uh, get some people exonerated who've been in prison for quite a long time. What percentage of people do you feel are uh, wrongly convicted? Okay, so the exonerations were part of my investigator life. I did help to exonerate three men off Louisiana death row, and then also um, I did um, not only death, cold death row cases, but just regular guy going up for trial for murder or robbery, so a lot of not guilty verdicts. What's the percentage of people you say are, are not guilty or not guilty on death row? What was it? On death row. On death row? Um, I would suggest... 30% are not guilty, and I would suggest 50 to 60% probably overcharged. They were at the scene, they had a hand in the crime, but for various reasons, this particular man took the brunt of the charge and received the most severe sentence. And a lot of times, men on death row, women on death row, they have co-defendants, who maybe did six months or one year. Same crime. We're talking about the same crime. But their co-defendants testified against this one code of the other co-defendant. And so the, the co-defendants who testified with the prosecution, they received lighter sentences. The man who got the death sentence clearly got the very serious, most serious charge. And he took... A big rap. What's the uh, the racial demographic in Angola prison? In Angola, there are about 6,100 men. I would say 93% are African American, 5-6% Hispanic, and the other Asian or other. And on death row? On death row, I would say... Uh, I'm going to say 90% African-American, 10% Hispanic or other. And there's also one woman on Louisiana death row, African-American woman. So in terms of, um, of quilting as a medium of expression, did you ever think of taking it up yourself, Laura? I have not. I really haven't. But I, I feel like, I don't know, perhaps my niece. My niece and I, she was thinking about it. I remember you asked her that. She was like, I haven't yet. So I don't know. She she has time. She has time. But who knows? Maybe I might be a late in life quilter. That's right. right? You said late it did night. come to you later in life. That's right. There's no there's no too late. That's right. So we'll see. So you observed your mom doing it when you were growing up. So what does it take to be a, a good quilter? I think just time. I think, honestly, she didn't have the time um, when she was working and being a mom and, you know, so many, I think that's the struggle of um, mothers and women and especially, I, I can say, black women take the brunt of just just everything, the family and also society. Um, and so there's just no time to really have those hobbies and passions. And um, so I think when she was able to put down work, she was able to get back to that. So I'm feeling that too. I'm like, ugh, you know, I'm feeling overworked. And especially at, right now, I think a lot of us are feeling burnt out. Um, so I would love to get to that place where I'm just feeling like I can get to a passion and, and really like explore, like giving some hours of my week to like a passion project. What would that be if not quilting for you? What would your passion project be? 
Oh, it has to be quilting, Lauren. It has to be, right? <laughs> what yeah. a question, Kevin. Right? Yeah, it's something artistic, definitely. I feel like my, definitely, in a way, my life is my art, you know? Um, my, my mom definitely taught me to be a creative person. Um, I'm very much into content creation. You know, I like, I have like, you know, I'm a little bit of like an online influencer. You know, I have some followers, so I'm kind of building my online followers and working with brands to do some, um, uh, you know, um, influencing online and, and things of that nature for social media. Because this exhibition is not exclusively quilt, it's also called fiber art, so yes. give me an idea of what that means. Yes, yeah, so we have some really cool uh, sculpture also that includes fiber, so artists like Bisa Washington who is a Newark artist that's really important. I love her. She has three pieces in the show um, that are not just um, fabric that kind of like hangs on a wall, but is on a pedestal. So it's, this is a show you really have to come see to really appreciate. I would really just encourage people to come to the Mars Museum, take a moment out, come check it out. Uh, it, it's just you have to see it to believe it. It's, it's fantastic. We even have a jacket that's on a mannequin that you just, it's, it's amazing. 3D work, and we have work by Gladys Barker Grauer that's quilt work that has, it's two-sided. So it's just amazing. It's really experiential, it's fun, and I just can't say enough about it. So Art in the Atrium, since the beginning, has been about uh, being a champion of African-American art. What would you like people to know about African-American art? Yeah, oh, well, I would love people to know that um, African-American art is not just one thing, you know. It is so many things. It is. It can be, you know, from painting to sculpture to fabric to everything. And I think it's also not a trend, you know. It's been around since the beginning of time, and it will be around. And I think it's not just important because people are putting a spotlight on it now because all of a sudden Black Lives Matter. Black lives have mattered since the beginning of time, and they will always matter. So I think that's important to say. And so Black Lives, the Black Lives that, that are behind prison walls matter, and the Black Lives that were in the White House matters. I think it's important that people know that it's valid, and you should come and see it and take in the work for what it is and enjoy it. And, um, you know, my parents just really wanted people to see us and the beauty and creativity that we are as a people um, and not put so much, they wanted not to put so much heaviness on us and not to have the media narrative to be something that we're not, you know, like known for something like crime or anything that is not necessarily the case, you know? So I think um, just rep it represents the beauty of who we are. And so that's what I love about a show like this. Maureen, what would you like people to take away from On a Move, On a Groove, the quilt in oh. front of us? Uh, I would like them to take away the idea, the reality that it is possible to collaborate with people inside prison on art projects. Um, people inside prison, um, I, I think I'll focus specifically on the inside quilters for just a second. Um, they are very creative. Just because they're locked away, they haven't blunted or put that part of them aside. Um, 
they have a lot to say and they can express it in either design or artistic or words and they can also be lighthearted. I think a lot of times people think dealing with incarcerated persons it's very heavy and sad and gloomy. It can be that many times, many days, different uh, things happen. But there are also days that are just total fun. They laugh, they send funny things, they write funny things. You know, the inside quilters, they joke just like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and um, they like to make art just like the rest of us. Where does this go next? Uh, tell me what's next for uh, the, uh, the project, the Social Justice Collaboration Project. We have a show at the Zimmerly Museum at Rutgers University, oh, yeah. New Brunswick, oh, cool. starting September 1st, 2021, through spring 2022. And uh, Donna Gustafson is the curator. And Donna did a terrific thing. She, um, she paired our quilts exhibition with an exhibition about Angela Davis, the Mm, political professor activist. So it'll be a one-two hit. It'll be great. And the men are excited. Well, all of us inside and outside quilters were so excited to be coupled with an exhibition theme of Angela Davis. I mean, hey, that's just fantastic. There's also, I, I believe, a musical component to some of these quilts, right? You've had some yes. collaborations with some yes. celebrities and some fine musicians. Tell me about that. Yes. Uh, when I was thinking up the idea of how to display the quilts in possible exhibitions, it occurred to me that um, when the men call me from prison, I can record them. Not only is the prison recording our phone conversation, but I can record conversation also. So I thought, well, wouldn't it be terrific if when you're standing in the exhibition and you're standing in front of, say, Kenya's Red, White, and Baldwin quilt, wouldn't it be great if you could hear him talking about it to bring his voice out and to make him more of a presence, not just this far-off, distant quilter person? So I said, okay, so I'm going to record the guys talking about their quilts. And then I said, and maybe this is a New Orleans influence, I don't know, but I love music. So I said, wait a minute, if I can record the guys and that can be part of an audio presentation, why can't there be music? So I set out and I reached out to many musicians and the question is, do I have your permission to use about 30 seconds of this particular song of yours? Well... I uh, am happy to say Joan Baez said yes. Delphio Marsalis of the Marsalis family. He's a very uh, longtime friend, social activist, activist musician. Um, uh, Roseanne Cash, Ani DeFranco. Let's listen to a little bit of Ani DeFranco's Nowhere But Barstow and Prison. And there's also some lesser-known 
uh, names that are part of the project. I think Princess Shaw, tell me about Princess Shaw. Yes, Princess Shaw is a terrific singer out of New Orleans. Princess Shaw, you can look at her on YouTube. Hmm. I contacted her because I heard her song Give It Up on YouTube, and it was just by chance. So I clicked it on, I clicked on the video, and there she is standing in front of an antebellum, bellum, antebellum plantation in Louisiana. Her hair is dyed red, her shirt is white, and her long flowing skirt is blue. And she looks like she just stepped out of 1800 America, but she's red, white, and blue. And she's belting out this beautiful song called Give It Up. And it's a, just a powerful song. And when I heard it, I contacted her and I said, uh, do I have your permission? And she said, oh, of course, Maureen. Or she didn't say Maureen, she says, hun. Hun, of course, because she's Southern. <laughs> so Princess Shaw, she's terrific. to follow the project, the uh, Social Justice Collaboration Quilts Project. Where can they find that? Uh, the best way is to look on Facebook, the Social Justice Collaboration Quilts Project. We have a Facebook page. And if people want to check out your artwork, where's that? My artwork is www.mkellerherart.org. Great. Maybe .com, I'm not sure. <laughs> oh. <laughs> One of those. And Lauren, will we be seeing uh, Art in the Atrium back at the, um, the County Administration Building in Morristown? Yes, we will be back. And we have a virtual show going on right now in conjunction with the uh, Administration Building. It's called Into the Light. And it's available at artintheatrium.org. So you can check it out. We also have a... Um, a um, poster, a commemorative poster for the social fabric that's available online. You can find that at artintheatrium.org. And if you want to support us, we have a donation campaign that is available at artintheatrium.org. So please check us out. And you'll be back here at the Morris Museum uh, again next year? Yes, we will. This is our first annual, so we'll be back. Um, it will not be a fabric show, but it'll be something else very fabulous. That sounds wonderful. So uh, people can still come to the Morris Museum in Morris Township to catch the Social Fabric, Black Artistry in Fiber Arts, an exhibition in homage to Vicki Craig. It's a marvelous show. It runs through October the 24th, 2021, so come and check that out. Our thank you to Lauren Craig from Art in the Atrium and to Maureen Kelleher from the Social Justice Collaboration Quilts Project. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you, Kevin. <laughs> Thanks to our sponsor, Morristown Medical Center, ranked New Jersey's top hospital for four years in a row. 
Thanks also to Cleveland Johnson and Marcus Romero of the Morris Museum for their hospitality. The song you're hearing is Princess Shaw's Give It Up. We thank her and Ani DeFranco for permission to use their music. Most of all, thank you for listening to the Morristown Green podcast. Check out all our episodes at morristowngreen.com and on Google Podcasts. See you next time.